It's the SWP presented by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford. Are you getting back to life and don't have time to review your insurance policies? Do you want me to have a look at it for you and see if you're properly covered? I'll take a professional look at it and let you know what I see and you make the decisions. Text 860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Reignite your passion for driving with a new Ford from Jim K. Ford. Take a test drive today and see all the latest innovations available for new Ford vehicles. And for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will be more than happy to bring a vehicle to your home or your place of work for a demonstration and test drive. Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. It's the SWP with some music built in there for Jimmy to hear. Normally he doesn't hear it. <laughs> it is Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. Daily podcasts, daily episodes going off. All about Ottawa sports and you whatever. You couldn't do a fadeaway there as a radio guy? Come on, you worked in radio your whole freaking life. I'd All take right, a little fade, fade out. Okay? Here's your fadeaway. All right. There, exactly. What's wrong with you? There you go. And I can't stop it. amateur, man. How amateur just cutting it (laughs) off like that? Man, oh, man. Shut up. That's it. I used to do music, Stevie. I forget. A couple couple shows ago, maybe like 200 shows ago, I played my drum for you. Yeah, I had my, brought my, yeah, I brought my drum in. (laughs) Easy, Franklin. (laughs) Franklin the turtle he's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, He can tie his shoes and count by twos. Yeah, I remember Franklin for sure. Bruce um, Coburn sang the theme song. Really? I never yep. knew that. Yeah. I went to see uh, in Ottawa the strangest combination of bands mm-hmm. uh, that I'd ever seen. It was at Camp Fortune Ski Hill, out past, uh, what's the, I don't know, the main lodge. Uh, I forget all the, I, I, we were members there. I skied there a bunch. Not Lockburg Lodge. Anyway, it was on a hill. It's a cool way to have a concert, right? Everyone sits on the hill, and and the and it was and the, you know the bands. There's a stage at the bottom of the hill, so you walk up. The, it's cool. Uh, it was the Pointer Sisters, which I love, Stevie, which I absolutely love. The Pointer. Which Sisters. song do you like the best? Like Neutron Dance, no, Jump no. for My no, Love. No, no. no uh, uh, I'd have to. I'd have to look at it. I'm so look, excited. No, no. Uh, uh, I forget which one. Is. I'm gonna have to all look right. that up. Um, but hard the, for the, the money. What? Hard for the money. How do you know George all Arden? these freaking songs? I don't know. I've got this all in my head. This is my wife says oh. I forget everything because I got it. It's just filled with nonsense. Yeah. Good God, man! Is that ever weird that you would know that? Anyway, the opening act was Bruce Coburn and followed by the Pointer Sisters. That's a Kinda weird strange. combo. You know, like a folky rock guy, Canadian guy, yeah. Bruce Coburn, and then you can't like both as much. Stevie, no. they're just they're too far apart. Okay? Different genres for sure. Yeah, I'd get I get uh you know Michael Buble opening up for Harry Connick. I get that combination, you know. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, t- totally. Yeah. But not not uh Eminem opening up for you know, I don't know. Boy George. Boy George. No, no, that would be all right. That would be all right. Yeah. But you wouldn't have Eminem opening up for Perry Como, Steve. Right. <laughs> 
I saw I saw an old SCTV skit the other day about Perry Como. So funny. Eugene Levy plays Perry Como, and the name of his album that they're doing an ad for is called Perry Como is Still Alive. <laughs> and so all of the songs are so laid back. He does all the songs, even though there's like dancers going on behind him. He's lying on a couch singing the songs. Cool. It was man. very funny. You know, everyone loved my mother, uh, Barry, NFL Barry picking. And uh, she was fantastic. God rest her soul. My mom died in 2012. She got to 80 years old and died of cancer. Um, but when she was younger, I found after she died, I, I uh, you know, we were cleaning out her room and uh, I found a bunch of, I, I got to get all the report cards she saved Stevie of mine. I think I, I might've read them months and months ago. Uh, but all of them, Stevie, all the report cards were, has very, uh, has uh, difficulty Okay, now it wasn't subtle either, Steve. It wasn't like, looks like he has difficulty. It was none of that, okay? Has difficulty uh, paying attention. Right. Okay, every I was going to say attention or focus, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. What was I talking about? Okay, yeah, my mom. So <laughs> I found, she used to work for the Toronto Star. She grew up in Toronto. Uh, my mother was born in 1932. So in the 50s, I think my mother was wrote a like a, a a kids column not a kids column but but a teen column for for the Toronto Star I didn't and know she that. interviewed Elvis Presley and Perry Como what yeah I'm not kidding how do you. I not know that your mother interviewed Elvis Presley of the I, thousands I, I, of stories you've told me that's never come I, up I'm telling you I'm telling you wow. she did yeah isn't that crazy what a what a crazy little bit of trivia yeah did she ever tell you what she thought of him or how the interview went? I don't know. He called her nothing but a hound dog. Oh, oh see. Jim, no. <laughs> a whole bunch of Elvis songs that pop immediately north. I'm trying to think. She works hard for the money. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, a little tidbit there about, love my, that. about my mother, Perry Como that. and Bruce Coburn and the Pointer Sisters. Boy, speaking of the entertainment industry, oh, what a terrible story over the weekend, the Alec Baldwin shooting. Oof. Just an uh, awful story. Um, happened on the set, I guess, of a Western that Alec Baldwin was shooting called Rust. And I guess a gun inadvertently goes off and kills one of the crew. It's sounding now, as we learn more about the situation, it sounds like Baldwin was just handed a prop gun that he assumed was safe and clearly was not. And he was demonstrating how his character would be kind of pulling his gun in the scene. Right. And as he did, it went off and it was pointed at the camera at that stage and struck a young woman who was on the cast or on the, on the crew and the director. And unfortunately there was uh, she died and uh, just terrible situation. It just amazes me though. We've seen so many spectacular things in in Hollywood, as far as special effects go, mm. like you can be transported to different universes, and and it all looks very believable the way they can do these special effects. Seriously, we have live rounds on on a set. Like it just blows my mind that that actually can happen. Yeah, it's just an just an awful awful thing, you know, to hear that that happened, and um, it's always one of those things, right? That that all the first world problems you have, and then you hear this. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's just, I can't imagine being Alec Baldwin today, um, you know, 
or a couple days later, or a few days, it might be three days now since this happened, just going, oh my good God, oh yeah. my good God, you know, um, just a hor- horrible thing, horrible thing, you know, and and it, it, I don't know, it just straightens you up going, oh, oh my, like, like when I hear stuff like that, uh, it just, it just empties out my, my vault of shit that I worry about, you know, or yep. shit that I'm concerned about or, you know, stuff that I debate in my head or or whatever in life. When I hear that, I go, oh my God, I can't, I can't imagine, imagine being that guy today. If you can, um, horrible, horrible, just totally. a horrible thing. Yeah. The, the director confirmed to an investigator that he heard the term cold gun on set, meaning the firearm should have been empty. And according to the investigators, the director said three people had been handling the guns or firearms for scenes. They were checked by the armorer and first assistant director and then given to the actor using them. And at that stage of the game, Alec Baldwin has got, you know, he's got a million things on his mind as, as presumably the lead actor in the situation. Mm-hmm. And he's just assuming everything is fine. And, uh, and I guess that the only thing that checked are the firearms to avoid live ammunition being in them. And the director stated there should never be live rounds whatsoever near or around the scene. Of course. So there's got to be some accountability in there somewhere. Somebody is uh, in a lot of trouble for allowing right. that to be on the set. So just an awful story. And, and it's, it's compounded by some of the idiots out there looking in your direction, Donald Trump Jr. What's this story all about? It's unbelievable. Like this guy on his website, this is what a twit this guy is. He put it on his website um, in his merch. He no, put a T-shirt up of guns. And this is a big NRA guy, big pro-gun guy. All over his website is him and, you know, automatic rifles and things. He's got a T-shirt up there that you can buy for twenty nine ninety nine. that reads, Guns don't kill people. Alec Baldwin kills people. Oh, my God. Like, what kind oh of little God. scumbag is this? Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, guns killed people. Uh, oh. Yeah. What if? Uh, uh, yeah, it's clearly an accident and it's like like how do you how do you try and make money off that situation? I want to make sure I also give the name of the young woman who was tragically killed in this. It was Helena Hutchins mm-hmm. and uh, she was a cinematographer and a very good one and uh I mean, what disrespect to her family to do something like that and it just Go crawl under the rock that you came from, Donnie yeah. Jr. What, what really bugs me about that, that Donald Trump Jr. thing and, um, you know, selling shirts saying that is, is there any repercussion for that? You know, like what, what, what is, is there anything you can sort of straighten this guy up about, you know? Right. I'm hoping, I'm hoping there's a statement by him going, look, it's someone hacked into that deal. That's not me. I did not do that. You know, I would not do that. I don't, you know, I, I, it's, that's crazy. That's, I can't believe that the guy would do that. Yeah. You'd think there'd be some sort of unsportsmanlike conduct for society law. Yeah. um, Disturbing the peace. I don't know. Wherever it falls, there needs to be something in there that uh, it is a civilization at, at the end of the day. And there should be some morals clauses in our in our legal system, I'd think. But I don't know. No, I don't know if I don't know if it, I don't know if it technically breaks any laws or not. Yeah, I, might anyway. be just a freedom of speech thing or something. I don't know. It makes is, you hate a guy. Doesn't make you. Oh you my know, god! That's a, yes, that's a big word, right? It's a big word. But, uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, awful, awful story. And, 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 and that guy's, like I say, should be thrown in jail for something like that. Yep. I think it's probably going to change the way Hollywood goes about its business and it's going to be double check, triple check, but who knows as time marches on, things get lax again because we all remember the famous martial artist, Bruce Lee, his son, Brandon was on the way to becoming a big actor as well. Big action hero and mm-hmm. uh, same kind of situation. Somehow, some way a gun that had, I guess, fragments of uh, the head of a bullet or something like that. Um, it was fired well, in a scene and he was tragically killed. I don't know about this is must be 25, 30 years ago now, but um, you'd think that they would have curtailed it after that. But here we are today talking about another yeah. tragedy. You know, and, and uh, you know, it was an accident, folks. Yeah. Okay, it was an accident. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible accident. And yes, you learn from them, right? You never think anything's going to happen. It, You know, when you read the story about it, Steve, it, it sounds like they have all the, all the safety checks in place, right? They got an, uh, you know, a, a arm specialist guy there. They've they got checks to do it for obvious reasons. You need to have all that. It, it, it was just a big, big, horrible, horrible accident. So don't be, you know, don't turn this into anything like it was Alec Baldwin's fault, you know, and, and listen, he's had his moments, that guy, where it became hateable when, when that voicemail released about him screaming at his daughter. Yes. Right? That was, you know, everyone said, oh, my God, this guy's a freak, you know, but excuse me, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make him wrong in what happened here this, this past weekend, you know, over, over the last few days, just, and, and if you look at it any other way, well, then you're, you're wrong. You got, you got something coming. So. Yeah. I've seen a few images of uh, Alec Baldwin not long after it happened. And the guy was just, I mean, just absolutely, just visually, you could tell he was just ripped apart inside. Sure. So, terrible sure. situation for sure. Let's get to something maybe with a little more levity to it. And it's a follow-up to um, the discussion we had about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, Byron mm-hmm. Kennedy. He returned Tom Brady's 600th career pass touchdown ball after receiver Mike Evans gave it to him. That ball, according to people who run these big auction sites, could be worth as much as $750,000. And I guess they made some kind of deal. Some Buccaneer employee went over to him in the first row and said, uh, hey, can we have the ball back? It's kind of a special ball to Tom. And I guess he negotiated a bit of swag or something at the time. And so mm-hmm. everybody's going, oh, my God, how could a fan do that? Now, I mean, imagine the the, the sleep you're going to lose, seven hundred fifty grand. Well, the NFL Network caught up with Byron Kennedy and Andrew Siciliano was basically giving him like, okay, okay, you've got the ear of the Buccaneers right now here on the NFL Network. What would you say to them? Like, what would you like from them? What would make you happy? And he goes, oh, it'd be so cool if I could golf someday with Tom Brady. <laughs> it's like he still doesn't want money from the Buccaneers for the football. <laughs> right, right. Crazy. Well, the, the football hasn't been sold, though, Steve. So uh, I look at it this way. I, I, I get what everyone's saying. You know, too bad. That's the biggest giveaway ever, okay, that he gave the ball back, and, and now you're done. Now right. you're done, okay? But, but everyone's going, so this guy just gave away. He could have become, a, you know, just, just short of it, just, just a little south, Steve, of a millionaire, okay? He's just below the line there. Um, but he didn't, right? And so if someone's going to pay him money, uh, 
you know, to, to pay him a couple hundred grand, say, even, arguably it's worth, you know, three quarters of a million dollars. Uh, wh- where are they getting the money from? Whether it's Tom Brady or not, but but who's forking out 200 grand to give this guy unless they're selling the football? You don't understand what I mean? Well, they could be collectors. They could. They might want to keep it. Maybe they're billionaires and they want to keep it in a shadow box in their man cave or whatever. I don't know. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Uh, anyway. Anyway, we should be talking about in terms of positive. I'm just. I guess we're so used to people going after the dough that right. it's so surprising, and we think about we put ourselves in, in that fan's shoes. Would we behave like that? And honestly, it's a pretty honorable way to behave. Making sure well, Tom makes Brady the guy get, an, an enigma, you know, it's like uh, totally, never, yeah. You know, no one's ever but, done this. But if he's if he's on the NFL Network today with Andrew Siciliano and saying things like, "Well, I, I want to get the most money I can," uh, right. you know, we'd all go, "Oh, you money grubbing greedy!" It's a great yeah. moment you're taking advantage. So, right. I think we probably should look at it a, in a positive vein. Uh, it is just so surprising, honestly. Um, and I got to say that uh, when that fan came over or that. Uh, box employee came over to take the ball from me i don't think i'd be giving it back i'd be like oh you want the ball and at that stage even if it hadn't dawned on me it would certainly dawn on me then why does this buccaneer guy want this thing back wait a minute cha ching yeah. and then off i go that's probably how i would have handled it but uh hey kudos to him he just wants more of an experience than he wants uh, the big dough yeah yeah who amongst us stevie who amongst yeah. us would would say yeah don't worry about it come on yeah like, just you take the ball. That's fine. Yeah, nice story. No, 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 no. All right, let's take a time out of the program. we got more coming up after these words. Did you know that Jim K. Ford has been around since 1982, one of the longest-running dealerships in all of Ottawa? And always, through that whole process, the K. family has proudly strived to provide the best service in the automotive market with the help of their fantastic team of professionals See what they're all about today. Shop for your next vehicle. That's what I do. Go online, see all the great vehicles, basically take a virtual tour, see it all, and then drop into Jim K. Ford at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Are you looking for a better value on your insurance dollar? If all the companies are charging close to the same price, who would you pick? What if I threw in an expert on your side for the same price? Call or text me today. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, 613 613- All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Can you believe this ball game at Shea? Oh, brother. So the winning run is at second base with two out, three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first, behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. So, James, 35 years ago today, the New York Mets beat the Boston Red Sox. 86 World Series. Mookie Wilson at the plate, (laughs) the little roller up the first base line to Bill Buckner, and the game is tied, and Buckner lets it go through his legs. Ray Knight comes around to score, keeping the curse of the Bambino going. And I felt so badly for Bill Buckner, who passed away a couple of years ago. Felt so badly for him that day and in the years that follow. At the end of the day, it's just a game. 
And that guy was just vilified by Red Sox fans forever. Yeah, I heard an interview uh, this past weekend. By the way, Stevie, my Oilers at 5-0. and Nice. Okay, I got to practice what I preach, so I can't, you know, because I'm, I'm saying, okay, here, it's going to go down Jasper Avenue, the parade, and then they'll turn <laughs> left and go into Commonwealth Stadium, and there'll be 75,000 people there. So we got to we gotta, our, our, get, get there early, Steve, okay? We'll get do. there early for the parade. Okay, it's going to so I There's still three so perfect can... teams, though. There's Edmonton, Carolina, and Florida, all still perfect right now. Yeah, cool. Um, so I heard in an interview, they played Vegas. Uh, uh, two things. Edmonton was on the road. They beat Phoenix, and then they went and played Vegas. And uh, and by the way, Steve, okay, they're, they're having this bonding session, apparently, they're saying. Okay, all they had on the broadcast, I listened on the radio because I wasn't at home. And they keep saying, so Vegas, they, they played Saturday night. No, or Friday night. I don't know when they played. Edmonton played Vegas. And they're off until Wednesday until they play the next game. And they kept saying, yes, because the team is going to have this bonding session, Steve. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been hearing this over the years, you know, that, that the, you know, the, the Sens, they're going to go up to Montebello. Remember they talk about that. They're going to have a little bonding session. They're going to do that. Yep. Uh, the Oilers are doing, uh, the Oilers are in Vegas. They used to go down to Palm Springs uh, when Peter Pockington owned the team and they were going to have this bonding session. It's like, What? What do you mean a bonding session? Like they're together all the time. They're a professional sports team. It's not, uh, you know, I, it's not like, it's not like, good God, I haven't, I haven't seen my children in six and a half years. So this week we're going to have a bonding session. I get that, Steve. I get that, right? That's, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. You should. You should bond, you know. Uh, but this stupid sh- stuff they say all the time about this pro team is going to have three or four days to bond. I'm like, well, why why do they need that? Do they, do, are they not in the same locker room together, Steve? Do they have thirty different lockers that don't uh, where the other guys are? Do they take different buses, Steve, on the road? Are they, you know, they all fly in different planes? They're never together here, so we better have this bonding session. Stupid, okay, stupid. It's just well, I'll, I'll jump in and give you a feel for why team building exists. Uh, it's and by the way, it's a it's part of because I did all the Hockey Canada coaching certification, basically part of the season plan. And and team building is big in my opinion because well at the minor hockey level for sure because it's jambalaya every year. You've got a brand new uh, bunch of kids uh, all the time, and I think that in the NHL it's the same sort of thing. You're never going to have the exact same team back. So for the three to seven new bodies on the team. I think it helps them seamlessly transition onto the team. It's a place, to, it's just a chance for those new guys to learn the culture. Because you're quite right. I don't think team building is nearly as important if the exact same 20 skaters are back the following year from the year before. So it's yeah, for the Steve, new guys, in my opinion. But Steve, they bond automatically. They're a team. They're together. I get the. I get if it's a, you know, an international team, a tournament. You're playing for the Olympics. You're throwing together a team for the Canada Cup for the world championships or whatever, you know, or the, or the, you know, the, the, the world juniors or whatever. I get that. They got to go away for a couple of days. Here's our squad. We only got so much time to get everyone on the same. I, I understand that. It's just dumb with these NHL teams that they're going to have a, you know, team bot. Stupid. Anyway, anyway, during that uh, broadcast, I was listening to of the game. They interviewed Gretz and um, Gretz was talking about this. This has to do with, uh, Hang on now, Stevie. Hang on. Hang on. Stand down here. Uh, no, no. It's no edit. Yeah, it's no edit. Okay, I can't stand down. Um, 
Okay, give me some context again. I'll help uh, you out. Well, it's about, it's about getting points. Oh, okay, about the Bill Buckner thing, Stevie. Right. Okay? You can get away with it. You don't need an edit. So, so th- this thing is every single year on the, on the same date every year, Bill Buckner gets destroyed, okay, because he committed an error, okay, and, and it resulted in them losing the World Series. Is that right? Do I have that right? You are correct. Okay. So Wayne Gretzky's doing an interview and they're talking about the Oilers being 5-0 and and everyone's saying, you know, they're footnoting it with going, well, you know, but it's still just first five games. Let's not all freak out about that. And even Wayne said, yeah, but hang on. You know, that to, to get out of the gate like that, you're going to look back. You're going to look back and people forget. These are really important points, you know, uh, meaning points in the standings. Okay, and they're they're going to be they're, they're going to be as big when you look at who snuck into the playoffs or who didn't. You know, yeah, the October points Bill mean Buckner, every bit as much as they do in April. Right. So let's look at the Bill Buckner story. Okay, and let's look at that whole season. Okay, before it culminated in this massive error <laughs> that the guy met. But really, in fairness to the guy, let's go back. Let's go back, Stevie, and and. I don't know if I'm making a good point here because it was, they, they did. Was it, it, it was it, what, what game was it in the world series? Game six. Game six. Okay. So let's look at game six. Okay. Let's look at game six and I'm Bill Buckner. Okay. Let's talk about you pal on my team. When you freaking struck out and went over three. Okay. When you went over three, when you booted a ball, when they, you know, when you dropped one or when the pitcher gave up a couple of home runs, I don't know what the, I don't know, obviously I don't have the line score on it, but if I'm Bill Buckner, that's what I want to do. So shut the F up, shut the front door, Stevie, about you telling me I ruined that game. Let's look at the whole game. Anyway, it's a, I think it's a case. You know what I mean though, Steve? I know what what you mean, but no one's ever going to look at it like that. Everybody always looks at the moment, right? The very moment when the wet, the Mets won that thing and they just look mm-hmm. at the last play, you know, obviously a lot of stuff had to happen before and after Bartman who cost the right. Cubs yeah, a yeah, chance, right. you know, to get through the, I think they were only in the NLCS at that stage of the game, but they, you know, they had the long drought going at that stage. Moises Alou tries right. to go up the third baseline to catch a ball and Bartman got in the way and Bartman was uh, vilified for years <laughs> to come after that. So people just tap. That's just the way it is. It's the moment that people remember. Um, Steve Smith pops to mind. You know, why didn't if the Oilers had you know popped a couple of goals or prevented a couple before that? You know, maybe the Steve Smith thing doesn't matter, but it it did, and uh, that's what people sort of can't let go. The moment Bartman didn't lose that game, Steve. Donald Trump Jr. did. <laughs> Get that up on the Suspendables merch site right now. Yeah, New T-shirt, yeah, right. yeah, right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, close, close to home here, right? The Steve Smith thing. Oh yeah, uh, yuck. But uh, but I love the course, next year. That's the great thing about sports. We we we're, we're mesmerized and fascinated by these types of moments. Like, oh my god. Right. But then the redemption story is about the best thing there is in sports. And to see Wayne the follow, look at me calling Wayne Gretzky by his first name. To see it through you, I know him. Uh, so Wayne Gretzky, the following year, the first guy he hands the Stanley Cup off to is to Steve Smith, which was beautiful. I thought. Sure, sure, absolutely. Poor Smitty. Of course, I used to go down and watch the Oilers play in Calgary too. It's good. Calgary's only three hour jaunt here south of Edmonton, 
And uh, the first game there, Stevie, the fall, I think the following year, the first game there, every time Smitty touched the puck, the Calgary Flames were yelling, shoot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Man. Uh, poor Smitty. Long, good career. I ran, I ran into Smitty. He was in town uh, for one of the 7,000 Oilers celebrations that they have every 10 minutes here to honor someone or something or some event or some arena opening. Um, and and I, I think at that time he was with Buffalo because he spent a long time in Chicago uh, coaching and, and, and doing that. So And, of course, he was with – I think he was with Edmonton when maybe McTavish and Craig Simpson and Charlie Huddy were, were – Took took the Oilers to the Stanley Cup uh, in 06. Uh, anyway, here's great a, here's guy. his list. He's an assistant coach of the Flames in the late 90s. Worked as a scout with the Hawks for four years, uh, or not four years. He worked with the scout as a scout with the Hawks. Then spent four years on the Oiler coaching staff, 2010 to 2014. Assistant coach of the Hurricanes in 2014. Assistant coach of the Sabres in 2018, and uh, he got fired along with Ralph Kruger. This past March, and uh, looks like he's away from the game right now. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, long long career. Good, you know. Oh yeah. Devoted his life to uh, certainly hockey. Steve, I had mentioned talking about the seven thousand uh, ceremonies the Oilers yes. like to have about every uh-huh. ten minutes. You know, we're going to honor this two hundred best player, all this shit. Um, what what about the what's the story here, Steve? About the Kraken. Retiring, retiring a number already. I read the headline. I gotta, yeah. I gotta ask Wernsey about that. I didn't read the rest of it. I just said uh, the Kraken uh, is retiring number thirty-two. What, what is it? What's well, the story? I, got, I gotta say, it, 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 they are NHL rookies, and we know NHL rookies. You can't really blame them when they mess up a drill. So, right, okay. The Kraken retired thirty-two because they're the NHL's thirty-second franchise. And they wanted to thank the 32,000 fans who made deposits on the first possible day. And I'm sure that, you know what, they probably stopped them right at 32,000. They could have got to 33 or 34 that first possible day. Uh, I, I honestly think that's, I mean, do what you want. Fill your boots, whatever makes you happy. But I think that's a, a big barrel of cheese is what that is. Yeah. No, that, think of it down the road, folks. Think of it. Down. Hey, Dad, what's that 32 up there? You know what the father's going to say? I don't know. <laughs> I got no idea. Retire number 32,000, Stevie. I get that. Put a yeah. jersey up there with 32K on it. You know? Something like that. That's not bad. Yeah. No, it's not. It's all bad. It's all bad. No, it is bad. It's, there's, no, there's no defending it. It's it's cheesy. I'm not going to lose a bit of sleep over it. It's one of those deals where I say, what are you? Tough, new, be a newbie or something here? That's not how it's done. Yeah. I mean, in, in a small way, it kind of cheapens the uh, the player retirement, like the Jersey retirement night. Right. You know, the, the right. first guy 20 years from now who finally has his number retired as the Seattle Kraken's first, it's going to go up beside that 32. And like you said, people are going to be asking, oh, who are 32? And nobody. It was some cheap PR thing they tried back in uh, 2021. I don't know why. Right, right. Or Or there'll be a bunch of jerseys up there, Steve. Okay, there'll be a bunch of jerseys. And the kid will go, hey, d- Dad, what's that? What's that 17 up there? Oh yeah, well that's uh that's cuz they went that's cuz they went, you know, 13 and 4 their first oh, yeah. 17 games. Oh boy. Yeah, you well, got to no put a jersey up for that, Stevie. Huh? <laughs> what's what's that all about, right? What's that? What's that all about? What's 104? What's the 104 up there? Well, the reason that's up there is they were 104 uh 
ticket sales away short of it being their third sellout in a row. Yeah. Stevie. So you got to put the 104 up there. Yeah. I think you get my point. <laughs> no truth to the rumor that the Leafs have applied to take 67 out of commission. Huh? Oh. Hang that up in the rafters. Sure. There you go. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, I've been screaming it. for the Leafs head, Stevie. We talked about it yesterday. I don't want to talk about the Leafs anymore. They're fine. No. They'll be because fine. they suck. I'll bet anyone they make the playoffs. I'll bet you. Really? You don't think the Leafs are going to make the playoffs? No, I do, but... What's wrong with you? I'm happy to take the uh, the negative side on that and cheer against them and win some money for cheering against them, potentially. No, we're not betting money anymore because you, you, you lose money and you don't pay. So we're just You don't pay. Money. What are you talking about? I've never lost. That's oh why my, I don't pay. You've I never lost. lost. I haven't lost to you. That's I've a got, I'm, I'm beating you like a drum. Anyway. You have won some against me, but you've not won all. Come on now. Come on now. Telling school, tell us at a school. How dare you? Uh, any final thoughts today as we wrap things up? Maybe something accurate. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, I do use one of your little plays. I like that. What's that expression again? <laughs> off. <laughs> good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today and share the show with your friends and followers. We're at stevewproject.com.